Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This week to go on, Lord, help us to pray without ceasing. Lord, help us to pray without ceasing. Open the Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. I want us to read from verse 10 to 20. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power, in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord, for all of the Lord's people. Pray also for me, Paul, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. By show of hand, I'm not talking about 9 to 5. the hustle. The one outside of 9 to 5. Hustle? 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 A business daily article on the Sunday 28th of July was titled Passive Income Sources Key to Good Use of Time. Multiple sources of income, MSI as you know it, is a concept nearly all prosperous people employ. Allow me to read this for a couple of minutes. They're just that, income from several sources, MSIs. This isn't another job, a better job, or even a job at all. MSIs are about adding a fresh dimension of useful and fun ideas you already have into your everyday life. It is an idea that enables you to legally provide a service for which you are compensated. The compensation could be a couple of thousand or several million shillings a year. Several million. Multiple sources of income should not interfere with your primary source of income. If you so have a job or a business. An MSI should ideally be a passive, this is what I found interesting, passive source of income. Because I'm really praying for one right now. Praise the Lord. Passive means it shouldn't take too much of your time. Sure, they will be time intensive at their setup stages, but should thereafter earn you money with minimal input from you. We know this. Multiple sources of income are not a part-time job. Part-time job will be one way of increasing your income. But it will require you to trade your time for money. 
That's what I hate about Python jobs, man. They used to have one, yeah. It would require you to trade your time for money, but you do realize that you only have 24 hours a day. We all do. If eight of those are already taken up by your primary income source, another six or eight to rest at night, you're looking at another eight or ten divided between family, chores, and travel time. The travel time I'm talking about is Nairobi traffic. If you know that, Sema, mm, mm. Some multiple sources of income, examples are writing a book, song or play, produce some how-to audios or videos in a chosen field, real estate, royalties, or even join network marketing. One just needs to get really creative with MSIs. If you're an, if you're an independent contractor, an architect or a graphic designer, create plans, designs, and have developers agencies use them. So jot down 10 to 15 great skills you have, evaluate them as MSIs, and get to work. But that's not the point of what we're talking about today. The debate will forever continue on whether part-time jobs or full-time jobs are the way to go. Which one gives the best satisfaction? One thing is true, they both are directed towards the most valuable asset, time. Time. Hey, time is key. Man, you can waste your time. You know, how, you know that feeling? And I wasted my time. Remember those relationships you had before you got to where you are now? You're like, I wasted my time, 14 months of texts and calls and late nights and Java and oh my God. You know how it feels. Time is an asset, guys. Someone once said, it is not that we have a short time to live, but that we waste a lot of it. We waste. Biggest time wasters, number one, guess. We all know. Mm, number one. How many hours do you think you spend on social media per day? Number day, it's hours. It's not, I'm not kidding. We can say minutes to feel nice, but it's hours. How many? Two. Two hours of your everyday life is spent on social media. Multiply that per week, per month, and then per year. And remember, social media is money. Translate that into cash. And then let's talk next week. It is not a good thing. I did that once. Guys were like, ah, no. Number two, business without productivity. You just come say, talk of business. But are you productive? Number three, perfectionism. <laughs> Refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. Number four, making everyone else happy. Hey, hey, hey. Saying yes, when yes, yes all the time. That's spreading yourself too thin. Number five, procrastination. What are these ones? Ooh, for the guys in the room. Kuna bulb, we need to change sweetie. There's this battery here, e clock, we need to. Jesus being asked, e battery, battery. Procrastination kills productivity. Finally, personal grooming. And I'm not pointing any fingers. Sweetie, how long are you going to take? Five minutes. And for the men in the room, you know what five minutes means. I see my boy going, hmm, hata, hata. Don't, even, don't even look at her, just to Angaliane. <laughs> okay, on the reverse, the biggest way is that um, we can be productive with our time. We know connecting with family and good friends. Have you ever just sat down with family? Not a couple of yes. 
good good tithe yani my my time has been spent well being of service to others there's nothing as fulfilling and as a, as good as time spent as serving others eating healthy over exercising hmm. and resting well apo kuna story reading finding and engaging in good hobbies managing your money well that one is a good way to like productively use your time finding god is something i've just added just for me we have just read about paul in ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 where he tells the ephesians to pray guys pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests let me say that again pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requ- requests translation pray pray say pray 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 with this in mind be alert he tells them and always keep on praying he continues for the lord's people he repeats the same the one you know first Thessalonians 5:17 by simply putting up putting it as pray without ceasing simply put is telling them pray continually never stop praying pray constantly pray all the time david in psalm 55:17 tells us evening morning and noon i cry out in distress and he hears my voice we read about daniel in chapter 6 verse 10 where, where he daniel learned that the decree had been published remember when the guys who are working for the king finds out this guy does not pray to our god they go talk to the king find a way and then they come and make this decree through the king that if anyone prays to the god to another god apart from the one that is this king unaenda kwa the lands then So when he finds out chapter 6 verse 10 tells us that he went home upstairs where the windows opened towards Jerusalem three times a day the bible tells us he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his god just as he had done before you just as he had done before like he was constantly doing it the book of nehemiah tells us in detail detail how this governor of Persia was always in the habit of praying as he helped build back the broken down walls of Jerusalem I've always called him the governor who always prayed I'm not pointing any fingers this governor always prayed Amen Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4 the bible tells us when he, I had these things talking of Nehemiah I sat down and wept For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I say it lists the prayer from verse 5 all the way to verse 11. He prays to God. Nehemiah 2:4 4 and 5. The king said to me, "What is it you want?" Because he saw this guy was sad. Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, And if your servant has found favor in his sight let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can build before talking to the king this guy prays 
Nehemiah 5:19 Remember me with favor my God for all I have done for these people. Nehemiah 6:9 They were all trying to frighten us talking of the guys who were against the building he was doing. Thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, says Nehemiah. Now strengthen my hands, O God. Nehemiah 6.14, remember Tobiah and Sanballat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noadiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. This guy was praying over everything. Nehemiah 13.14, remember me for this, my God. And do not blot out for what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services. He was praying through everything. Nehemiah 13, 22. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember me for this also, my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. Nehemiah 13, 28 and 29. One of the sons of Joada, Joyada and Eliashib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat the Horite. And I drove him away from me. Remember them, he says, my God, because they defiled the priestly office and covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. He's still praying. At the end of the book of Nehemiah, the dude is still praying. Nehemiah 13, verse 31. I also made provision for contributions, talking of the temple that was being constructed, of wood at design times and for the fast foods. Remember me with favor. My God, Nehemiah prayed all the time. His prayers ranged from really short, remember me, O God, really quick on the moment prayers, to long intercessory like prayers. Because, like we've seen in chapter one, he prays for almost six, seven verses. Jesus, before you forget, also commanded us to pray all the time, all the time. Luke 18:1, he tells his disciples a parable of the persistent widow. Remember, the widow who could not give up on his request to the king, and he tells them or shows them that they should always pray and not give up. We should always pray and not give up. This should inform us that on top of all the ways we can be productive with our time the ones just listed prayer must be one of them prayer must be one of them prayer is probably if not the most important on that list it is right up there next to god we need god yes but my brother my sister if we are not praying there is there is something wrong so if it is then very important, so why are we not doing it? Why is it such a struggle? Why do we even demand a full-time God? Because one of the things we know is we need God all the time. God is all we need. He's our father. He's our friend. He's the one who created us. So we know we need God. That's what we do. But if we demand a full-time God while living a part-time, while living part-time Christianity, then it's all obviously translating to having a part-time prayer life. Living a part-time kind of Christianity, okay, 
This one I don't think I need to pray about. This one I can just. How then do you demand a full time God? Because each one of us demands God all the time. I need you in my family. I need you in my workplace. I need you in my business. I need you in my marriage. But then, why is our prayer, why is our, why are our prayers then not full time like that? Why, why don't we demand of that? We cannot do part time prayers, living a part time Christianity, and then demand the full time God. It's hard. It's hard. And remember, He is God. He feels. He gets sad. He gets jealous. So imagine how he feels when you do that. We must pray, guys, all the time. All the time. I love this question that was set forth by the writer Corrie ten Boom. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Can you imagine driving without a spare tire? It's a problem. But can you drive the car without the steering wheel? No. Ama kuna, eh, kuna, kuna uma superman, kuna umit. Ile, kuna unajua venye kui. We can't do, ati, prayer being a spare tire, and not the steering. It has to be the steering. It is what will drive our lives, not the peace of having the spare tire. It is here, the steering. I have always wondered as a believer why, we are commanded to pray all the time. I remember the first time I ever read uh, pray all the time, I was like, oh, what do you mean pray all the time? Sai, we are not praying. Maybe, maybe I'm... I've always wondered why. Why did David, Neymar, Daniel, Jesus, Paul pray all the time? I actually think prayer acknowledges our dependence upon God. The more, the more you pray, the more you're saying, Jehovah, I depend on you. I don't depend on myself. Prayer actually attacks the issue of pride. Because pride tells me, tells you, maybe, that, what's the problem? I can do A, B, C, D, this deal over here, contract here, me, I'm good. I don't need this talking to God. What do you mean? But I, I believe it acknowledges if you're a prayerful person, it acknowledges your dependence upon God. We need Him. The more we pray, the more you're saying, Jehovah, I need you. The more you get into that space, the more you're saying, imagine, without you, I can't make it. So the less we are praying, the less we are saying, I don't need you. Hey, boss, do you, I'm doing me. Bye. If I meet you somewhere in the road, sal. If I remember to pray, boom. The more we pray, the reason why I believe we are asked to pray all the time is because it acknowledges our dependence on God. Number two, prayer helps us build our relationship with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine bonding and having fellowship without meeting? Ati, uko, I know you, I don't have your number, I don't know where you live, I don't know where to find you. But yet, see, see, boys, as in, this, this, this is my person. Yani building a relationship takes time. It is hours on the phone. The text. Nowadays, I don't get it, but I think I do. 
You see this thing for us. You hang up. You hang up. You see you hang up. You hang up. You didn't want to hang up the phone. So why are we at a place where it feels we've hung up the phone on God? One of the best definitions I've had of building the relationship with God is as simple as this. You know these WhatsApp groups that never go quiet? I know you have them. Utatokapa, you find 200 messages. And you're thinking to yourself, this, where were they talking? Like, what time do they have to do this? I actually believe in building a relationship with Jesus, prayer must be like that or something. The one conversation, you don't even know it was posted when, I'm when the group was started, but it has never stopped. I have those groups. Mute one year. I'll check it when I need to check it. God wants your line of communication never to die. Because I, I kid you not, you have that person in your life that the communication lines have not yet died. One of those people need to be God. Needs to be God. You cannot cut that communication line. The more we are cutting it, the more you're not building the relationship. He wants you to open a line for him. Open the group. Hey, Jehovah, how are you? So, So, I hope to you'll see me through the, the day. Ah, Freddy, how are you? God, thank you. He doesn't want that line to die. In building our relationship with Jesus Christ, that line must be there. Number three, prayer helps us find and understand God's will. Then helps us do God's work. The more you build a relationship, the more you build a relationship with your spouse, the more you build a relationship in the workplace that you're in, the more you build a relationship with your friend, the more you started understanding who they are, what they like, what they don't like, the more you build a relationship, with Jesus, the more you pray, the more you get into that space, the more you understand His will. Do you know what God likes or doesn't like? Do we know? Do I know? The more I spend time with Him in prayer, the more I understand His will, and the more it helps me do His work. The more I get to the place of understanding, God's main work is to save the lost. That is the number one work of Jesus then attend to our needs. It is not to say he doesn't care about you. You are in already. Remember he left the 99 to look for them? The one. That is his main work. So in everything we do, we must glorify his work in our lives. Wherever you are, I must in this church for the longest time. Whether you're in business, whether you're at home, whether you're in a company, we must find ways of glorifying God. And that is in his work. What is his work? To save the world. Are we doing that? But knowledge of that may come through the space of prayer. Are we praying? When you make decisions, are they from a point of, me, I'm at peace with this one? You know that statement? He decision of Nico at peace. He at peace now. Or is it from God's will? John Wesley, a theologian from our past, said, I find that the chief purpose of prayer in seeking God's will is that prayer gets my will into an unbiased state. Once my will is unprejudiced, 
on prejudice about the matter, I find God suggests reasons to my mind why I should or should not pursue a course. The chief purpose of prayer, then, is to get our wills unbiased. My will, your will, unbiased. Allow me to explain it this way. Proverbs 16.3 tells us to commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. I normally read that verse backwards. For my plans to be established, I must commit them to the Lord. It is not the other way around. Jehovah, this company must be blessed. I am marrying her. Bless this marriage. It is Jehovah. I want to get married. Guide, guide me. My desire is figure, heart that is kind, heart that is this. Guide me, Jehovah. Jehovah, I want to buy this business. Or I want to buy a business. I want my money to overflow. I want to get to a place where I'm giving back to the society. Help me in that situation. It is not, I have found a business, Jehovah. Oh, hallelujah. So you bless the business. If the bless the business prayer comes before Jehovah, what business? Then there's a problem. Commit your ways to the Lord, your plans to the Lord. Commit to the Lord, whatever you do. Then you will establish. Are we committing each and everything that controls or is in our lives to God? Are we committing? Committing may be something as simple as Jehovah. I need to buy a new car. Let me give a testimony. Now this testimony is in a Kanganika prosperity gospel. See prosperity gospel. We got to a point in our lives after a couple of years in marriage, we were like, oh, yeah, we cannot actually afford a car. I actually told my wife, I'm praying about it. I told my friends, I'm praying about it. I was like, what are you praying? Because I have my heart's desire. I want the car to look a certain way inside. I didn't know there was a car that had the things I was asking for. I was so specific to the point, I wanted nice to floss. Jesus. I wanted a touch, you know the way you can touch. Punch things in the car. I wanted a car with Bluetooth. And so I prayed. Believe it or not. I prayed and asked Jehovah. I want a car, but I want. So I looked everywhere. I didn't get. And so this guy sent me a car on WhatsApp. He's like, dude, have a look. It had every single thing I had prayed for. I've told you the testimony of two years before I met my wife. I had prayed, Jehovah, please give me a, a lady with a beautiful heart. That's all I asked for. You know, my is hey, Shepri, those, you know, Jehovah. But my heart's desire is, please, a lady with a good heart. You know what happened? There are so many things. My wife had prayed to be married by 20, 24, 26. Are you like laying everything before the Lord? And I mean literally everything. When the Lord tells us pray all the time, that is what he's saying. He's saying every decision that you need to make must better come from the place of prayer. Pray all the time. Let's pray all the time. Prayer helps our spirit man be alert and also aids in spiritual warfare. 
especially through fasting. One of the things that I remember, I spoke about this the first Sunday. When we got born again, a new creature was put in, a new man, the new you, the, the you that is like God was put inside of us. Now to connect to God, prayer happens. Now to make that new person alert, strong, because now it has to fight flesh. I, my flesh feels like doing this, the New Testament told us, but God wants you to do this. For you to fight that, to be alert to the senses of God in your life, you must be alert. Prayer now helps that. It helps us be alert. And one of the best ways to aid, to help us in being alert in the place of prayer is fasting. Fasting is not abstaining from food or a method of punishing our bodies or a dieting method. No, you can do that. There's a time I did that. You see, like now, I need to lose 10 kgs. Don't, don't laugh, because he has anguish on my ego. check. I need to lose 10. And so one of the easiest ways for me, because I've noticed, I can lose it in two months. Siku boast, I can. Is just stop eating junk. That is not fasting. You can do that, but that's not fasting. Fasting is not taking time of all other taking time off all other worldly things apart from food. You see the way you can say, hey, I'm going to fast for my phone for two days. That is just abstinence. Fasting is spiritually abstaining for food, from food for a period of time with the sole purpose of getting closer to God. The purpose of fasting must be, number one, on top of everything else, to get closer to Him. Secondly, more than any other discipline, it reveals things that control us. When you're fasting, I bet you this has happened, if you've ever done it before. Probably the first day or the second day, there's this anger that comes, that you're like, what is this? Maybe God is revealing the issue of anger that maybe resides inside of you. It reveals things that control you, control me. It is a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what's inside of us with food and other good things, but in fasting, these things surface. If pride controls you, or controls me, is that okay? You just find a way. It just finds a way. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear, if they are within us, they will surface during fasting. At first, we rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger. Then we realize that we are angry because the spirit of anger resides and is empowering us. We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that healing is available. When it is revealed, it is very fine. Because now healing must be available through the power. I'm saying fasting helps us to be alert because it promotes self-control. One of the things you realize, because come in, hey, me, I'm a sweet tooth guy. Sweet. Now that I'm watching, because sweet, sweet, So now I realize in that season, the yearning for those things now is being controlled. The Spirit of God inside you is teaching you to say, ah, 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 you know what? Food is not my God. Mm-mm. It is not. So self-control slowly comes inside of us. It generates or increases and produces faith. 
if you want the faith of God in your life to be increased, fasting is one of those ways, on top of prayer. It intensifies prayer. It's deliverance and power of the flesh. It is guidance over the things of God. It develops a love and compassion for the lost. Because now all of a sudden you are no longer the focus. The focus shifts to God. Purpose to begin slowly. For us to be alert in this place of prayer, let's purpose. As a team here at Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi, we fast once a week together on Thursdays. And guys do it any other time they want. Purpose, start slowly. You can start with a meal. Just one. And imagine, here's the truth. Here's the, the truth. Imagine you won't die. Yeah. Try to just try. Test and see. Test the Lord. Try. And with the purpose. Then Prayer helps us finally overcome temptations. You remember the story of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane? He comes and tells the guys, my hour is almost here. Pray with me a while as I go forth to pray. And I he finds the dude sleeping. I could not, I can't, you can't blame me. These guys were tired. If you read the story, they went from preparing the upper room, men on after food, they're there. Then this guy is insisting continue prayer after supper. He tells them, please pray with me. He comes back, guys are still sleeping. He tells them, hey, guys, imagine, pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The hour, the dark hour comes. We know the story how it ended. Jesus goes into prayer in his most difficult time. Prayer. Baka sweats from his face, drop down like blood. And he overcomes when those guys come and they take him. He never even fought. But you know what happens to the disciples? The disciples were now at its time for Jesus to be taken. One of them actually takes a sword and even cuts one of the guy's ears. They fail the, 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 the test. Prayer helps us overcome temptations. Let's hear this in closing. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you endure it. How does he provide a way? Through prayer. If you're not in constant prayer with him, I will ask finally again, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is it so important to you? Ama, is it not? Is it something of which you're demanding God's full time, but yet in that space of prayer, Guys, my prayer is that God would lead you to a place of praying all the time. Pray for anything and everything. Jehovah, I'm leaving the house of God. I'm going home. Go ahead of us. Jehovah, you have to home. Thank you. Find short prayers. Find long prayers. Let's talk to God. Amen. 
Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Rubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.